And uh, let's, let's open this time with the word of prayer. Amen. Even as we close our eyes, bow our heads and look to the Lord, I just feel that those who are, I just sense that those who need healing even right now, be it physically or, or emotionally, I want to encourage you to reach out to the Lord because you're going through pain in your life right now, but yet you still show up in the house of the Lord this morning. If, if that is you this morning, I want to just ask, encourage you to reach out to the Lord because He wants to touch you there and then right now. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. God is not a formula God. He is a living God that moves like the wind, what the Bible says in John chapter 3. So Father, we just want to thank You for Your presence in this place. Thank You for everyone that is here this morning in the house of the Lord. God, we are not here to hear a man speak. We're not here to be entertained, but we're here, Lord, to hear You speak directly from each, for, to, to each one of us, Lord. We pray like broken bread, Lord, that the word, as the word is broken up, Lord, into pieces, that every piece will meet the need of everyone that is sitting here, that will speak to us directly fresh word from heaven, Lord. As you open our hearts to you, Lord, may you open your word to us. Speak to us as only you can speak. We give you all the honour and the praise in Jesus' name and everybody say, Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about the importance and the power of honouring God's Word in our lives. And my text is taken from Psalms 119. Don't worry, I'm not going to read the entire Psalm because it's really long. The book of Psalms encourages us to praise God for who He is and what He has done. These Psalms illuminate the greatness of our God, affirm His faithfulness to us in times of trouble, and reminds us of the absolute centrality of His Word. The portrayal of worship in the Psalms offers glimpse after glimpse of hearts devoted to God, of individuals being repentant before Him, and lives changed through encounters with the living God. We have the Psalms of Lament, which expresses the psalmist crying out to God in difficult circumstances. We have the Psalms of Praise, also called hymns, that portrays the psalmist's offering of direct admiration to God. We have the Psalms of Thanksgiving that usually reflect the author's gratitude for a personal deliverance or provision from God. Then we have the Pilgrim Psalms, right? We include the, that includes in the title, um, what's that, the Song of Ascent. And then we will use uh, our pilgrimages going up to Jerusalem for the annual festivals. And then we have also other Psalms like Wisdom Psalms, Royal Psalms, and then Victory Psalms, so on and so forth. Now, but Psalms 119 was written to encourage us to read God's Word. No other chapter in the Bible extols the wonder and importance of imbibing God's Word in our hearts than Psalms 119, which is why the Word of God is the major theme in this Psalm. So here are some interesting facts I want to share with you about this Psalm. Now, if you're like me, Psalms 119 is the longest Psalm. And so whenever I reach Psalms 118 in my daily Bible reading, I have to brace myself mentally for the next day because tomorrow's reading of Psalms 119 is going to be a long one. Now, how many of you have read Psalms 119? Okay, show your hands. For those of you who have read it, I, pr I trust that you have completed it. For those of you who have yet to read it, I want to encourage you to read this Psalm because it's really, really powerful. Now, Psalms 119 is not, the only, it's, it's not only the longest Psalm in the Bible, but it's also the longest chapter in the entire Bible. It has 176 verses and it will take you about 13 minutes if you use the New King James Version. 13 minutes if you speed read, just read. But if you're going to read it in a contemplative mode, it will take you about double the time, 26 minutes to cover all the verses. That's about the time allocated for an average weekend services that we have. That's why most Bible reading plans, they split up the reading of this psalm over a few days because it's so long that you always 
remember the existence and the reputation of this Psalm 119 just to underscore and emphasize the importance of God's Word. So reading this Psalm to me is like scaling a mountain, hence the sermon title, uh, Scaling Mount 119. Now besides being the longest Psalm in the Bible, it is also the most carefully structured chapter in the Bible. Now an, an acronym is an abbreviation that uses the first letter of each word. For example, NASA or N-A-S-A is an abbreviation for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. On the other hand, acrostic is a poem in which each line starts with a specific letter that going down the poem spells out a word or a short phrase. Now, Psalms 119 was written to be like an acrostic poem. For example, I've written an acrostic poem about myself using the, first, the five letters of my name, K-E-V-I-N. And I use each line as a letter for my name to tell you about me. So it goes something like this. K-E-V-I-N. Keen mind that's sharp and bright, eager to learn with all his might, vibrant spirit full of zest, inspiring others, wait, let me finish, others to be their best, never giving up, and always persistent. K-E-V-I-N. <laughs> no, don't, don't clap for me. No, Eileen will take up the end of the service, right? Done in three seconds with the help of chat GPT. <laughs> but you get my point, acrostic poem is easy to remember. That's what Psalms 119 was written, the structure of it. There are 22 stanzas in Psalms 119 corresponding to 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet as compared to 26 uh, letters in our English alphabet. The Hebrews, uh, Hebrews alphabet has 22 letters. So in poetry, a stanza is a group of lines. So with each stanza, there are eight verses, making it a total of 176 verses in this sum. The first stanza of the, the first eight verses starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, and then the second with the second letter, Beth, and so on and so, so forth. So its inherent emphasis on order and design goes to show how careful God is to show us that He's not just God, but He is also God of order and not chaos. Amen? So just like the book of Proverbs, there has 31 chapters where you can cover the whole book in one month of reading, I want to encourage you for those of us who have yet to attempt to scale Mount 119, to break that out eight verses every day, you'll complete it in 22 days. All right? Now, the other thing about this is it is as a legend attached to it. It was said that King David used the acrostic pattern of this psalm as an alphabet psalm to teach his son, Solomon, both the Hebrew alphabet and at the same time, the alphabet of the spiritual life. So on top of learning the Hebrew ABCs, Solomon also learned the word and the ways of God through Psalms 119. The other thing we want to know is that, you know, John Calvin said this, when, where the Bible speaks, God speaks. This Psalm is unique in its repeated references to God's word which Bible scholars highlighted to us that God's Word is mentioned in every verse in this psalm except verse 1 to 2, depending on which version, Bible versions you're using. Now, how is this possible that God's Word is repeated in every verse? Out of that 176 verses, God's Word was mentioned 175 times. 
Because the psalmist used, used at least eight different words to describe God's Word throughout Psalms 119. And they are, by the way, all found in every stanza. If you read the first eight verses, you can find all these eight words there. And the psalmist covers the theme of God's Word from many angles. They want to show that God is multifaceted, that in every need, in every circumstance that you are in, God's Word is more than able and capable to deliver you from it. Amen? You know, I used to be a drummer. I still, I still love the drums. And I used to spend thousands of dollars on just cymbals. To those who, are, who don't appreciate music, cymbals are just metal, pieces of metal. But to those who love music, you know, a guitar is not a guitar unless it's a tailor, right? So drums and cymbals, are, they are different wood, different metals, they're a different way of doing it. Symbols are not just symbols to me. Drums are not just drums to me. The Word of God is not just the Word, one Word to God, but there are many faceted that God wants to express Himself to us. Let's go through the eight words, different words used in Psalms 170, Psalms 119 together. Let me turn to that. Number first one, God's Word. God's, God's Word expresses God's thoughts and speech. God's law expresses God's instructions for His people. God's testimonies expresses God's ways written down as a witness to remind us. God's, uh, sorry, God's testimonies are God's ways written down to, as a witness and reminder to us. God's ways uh, is how God wants, to journey our, the, wants the journey of our lives to be lived out. Okay, the precepts are God's order, the way He has made life to work for us. That's God's moral code of conduct for us to behave as Christians. The statutes, these are the law and the ordinances that will bring a blessing if they are followed. And then commandments is a direct command from God. And then judgment, what is it? What is the just and the right thing to do? For by them, we must both judge and be judged. So these are the eight descriptions that are found in throughout Psalms 119. Now let's go to the main text. Now we know that Psalms 119 is the longest psalm and has the longest chapter in the Bible, all 176 verses of them. And the Word of God is mentioned in almost every verse. It has eight verses for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So this tells us that it is not just a short nursery rhyme in the Bible, not just a poem, but it's sure Lang is making a bold statement. What is that bold statement? That bold statement is to tell us that reading God's Word, learning God's Word, knowing God's Word, hearing God's Word, and keeping God's Word close to our hearts must be, the utmost, must be of utmost value and importance to us. It is God's treasures that is revealed to us and entrusted to each one of us. And so as we climb Mount 119, what are some of the treasures that you'll find on your way up? I want to highlight some of them as this has touched me. These few verses have touched me in profound ways. The first is from Psalms 119 verse 11. It says this, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I, I, have not, I might not sin against you. There are two words here that I want to highlight. One is hidden and the other word is sin. Now let's talk about sin. The Greek word for sin is hamartia, which is an archery term, and it means to miss the mark or missing the mark. And that mark is, of course, the bull's eye on the target board. Now, in the olden days, unlike their technology was not so advanced, obviously, you don't have the target board 
coming all the way to the archer. Someone has to be stationed there. And it was usually a servant that would be stationed there near the target board, far away, about 50 or 100 meters, depending on where the target board is, was placed. And if the master released, if the archer released the arrow, and if the arrow missed the target, that servant will have to shout, sin, which means you missed the mark. Hamatia also has a complex meaning, which includes error, trespasses, transgressions. And so sin or hamatia is missing the, the mark. So I find this understanding of sin to be helpful because it brings clarity to sin's nature, which means it tells us that you can miss the target by a little or you can miss the target by a lot, but a miss is a miss. And same with sin. There are no big sins and little sin. A sin to God is sin. So sin is not just about the big grave sins like immorality, murder, adultery, or those addictions. But also when you miss the mark by disobeying God, what He has told you to do. When you miss God's target, you have sinned against God. It doesn't matter if you have hit other targets or somebody else's target. If you miss the ones that God has set for you, you have missed the mark and you have sinned against God. That's why it's so important to come before the Lord every day and check yourself before Him and say, ask God to reveal the sins in your life and repent before Him every day. Jesus knew it ahead of time and He has made provisions for us when He taught His disciples the Lord's Prayer. That's so important. I want to encourage us to memorize the Lord's Prayer. And that's why Pastor Young always ends the time of communion by reciting the Lord's Prayer. And in that Lord's Prayer, there's a phrase, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Amen? Because we need to come before the Lord clean hands and a pure heart. Now, how do you hide? The second word, how do you hide God's Word in you? By memorizing them. Scripture memorizing or Scripture memorization is a lost art that we must redeem back. And Psalms 119 was designed for memorization. And one of the benefits of an alphabetic acrostic is that it helps in memorizing and learning. Else, it is very difficult to memorize one whole chunk of words. You know, people have taken up the challenge over the years to memorize Psalms 119. Some notable ones include the French philosopher Blaise Pascal. And then we have David Livingstone as well, the, the British missionary to Africa. And William Wilberforce was also known to have memorized Psalms 119. He was the British politician who led the movement to abolish the slave trade in the British Empire. It was said that he quoted this psalm from memory during his walk home from the parliament. Now, there's a very interesting story of someone from history who had memorized the, the entire chapter of Psalms 119. And this person was a bishop of Edinburgh, Scotland. His name was George Wishart in the 17th century. Now, George was condemned to death and was scheduled to be executed. But when he was on the scaffold, he, was, he made use of a custom that allowed the condemned person to choose one psalm. Guess which psalm did George choose? He chose, obviously, Psalms 119. And thankfully, he had memorized all 176 verses of it because by the time he got to two-thirds of the psalm, his pardon came and he was released. And his life was spared. So you ask me, so what's the lesson of, of this? Memorizing Psalms 119 might just save your life one day. Amen. 
Now, I want to go to point number two. Another treasure is found in verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, there are two pairings here that I mentioned in this verse, lamb and light and feet and path. The word lamb comes from, of course, uh, comes from the word near, Hebrew word, which means a clay lantern with a solitary wick. So when we use a lamb to guide our feet, we can only see a short distance and what is around us. When we shine a powerful light or put on high beam, we can see clearly the path ahead that's much further into, we can see much further into our journey. So the Word of God clearly shows us where to place our feet in any given situation. God's Word is all-sufficient for all times, for all seasons, and capable of providing the illumination and guidance we need to walk in this world, to guide us in the right direction as we travel through life on earth. In other words, it, show us, it shows us the right decision that we should make in every immediate circumstance and the right path for our lives in the future, both short-term and long-term. Amen? Now, the other, the other part of this verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It didn't say, Your experience is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It worries me, and perhaps that's why I'm talking about Psalm 119, because it worries me that I'm seeing more and more Christians making decisions and giving counsel to people based on their experiences than from their encounters with God. They counsel and make decisions based on their life experiences and track records instead of asking the Holy Spirit for a fresh word for the person or to settle a situation on hand. You know, Pastor Lib and I, we had a meeting about the leaders planning um, summit that we, we were, we were going to happen, gonna take this, this, that's going to take place in a few months' time. And we were discussing, and we have years of experience in, in leading. We have years of experience everywhere else. But that doesn't negate the fact that we still have to seek God and ask the Lord what to do next. Amen? And so the next day, we compare notes and we said, the Lord spoke to us. This is how it's going to happen. Some of our plans, the good as it may be, but it's not relevant for that planning retreat. And so we are always checking in with the Lord, and so must all of us. Second Chronicles chapter 20 records for us perhaps one of the most compelling demonstrations of the power of praise in the Bible. During the reign of King Jehoshaphat, news came to him that the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Menuhites had declared war against Judah, and they are marching towards them. So the king knew his army wouldn't stand a fighting chance against such a monumental force. So he immediately called for a prayer meeting and sought the Lord. And the Bible says the word of the Lord came to the king. And as the army of Judah marched out to fight the battle, which they can't afford to lose, the king did something that was totally illogical and unheard of in military tactics and strategies. Instead of putting his armies and all his commandos and best forces and best soldiers in front, he appointed singers, his whole worship team, in front to lead the army. And as they marched forward, the singers sang to the Lord, Praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, His faithful love endures forever. And the Bible says that when they begin to sing to the Lord, God set ambushes against the, the armies of Ammon, Moab, and those from Mount Seir and caused them to fight amongst themselves and the enemies were defeated. And then the men of Judah, the soldiers of Judah, spent three days collecting all the spoils of war 
that were abandoned by their enemies. Sometimes you just have to worship your way to victory. And I feel this is a word for some of us here. You just have to worship your way to victory. It may not make sense. It's illogical. It's totally unheard of. But get on your knees and worship your way to victory. Amen? Jesus didn't use the same method to heal people as well. To some people, he, he spit on them, he touched them, he prayed for them, or he just spoke. And their eyes were open, their, their blind eyes were open, and they were healed. Now, even banks understood this. When you invest with them, they always have this disclaimer in their contract. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Banks knows that you don't rely on my experience, okay, because the market is really volatile. They, are, they don't go for a fixed formula. I want to say this, don't substitute encounters with experience. Do not substitute encounters with experience. Many people view the Bible as just a book of messages to be understood, but I want to just add on to that and say to you that the Bible is not just a book of messages, it is a book of meetings as well. The end purpose is thus not to, it's not merely academic, it is not merely intended to be cognitive exercise over the meaning of the text, but more significantly, it is a book of sacred meetings where the God of the Bible comes out and you encounter Him there and then. The Bible is given by God not merely for information, as we know, it was for our transformation. It is divine revelation that ushers us to encounter the living God and to be transformed. That's why God will not allow Himself to be confined to an idol or a graven image. God cannot be limited. He is not limited by our limitations. He's bigger than our circumstances. And so put your trust in Him. Amen? I remember Pastor Yang always, uh, you know, I, over the years I've seen Pastor Yang always seek the Lord for a story in the Bible or a scripture in the Bible when he's making a decision or when he's going through something, a difficult situation that he's in. You know, if you remember how he agonized over the Southern Plaza project that didn't materialize, asking the Lord to speak to him. He, was, he spent weeks and hours early in the morning just seeking the Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. And God spoke to him through 2 Kings chapter 6, Genesis 26, and Exodus 33. You can find it in a sermon um, dated 30th September 2021, uh, entitled Israel's Premier Prophet. In that sermon, I would encourage you to go and hear it. But in the end, the Lord spoke to Pastor Yang and said, you've checked all the boxes, but you didn't check my box. You didn't check with me. I want to ask all of us, when was the last time you had a fresh encounter with God? Or you have been living your Christian life experience after experience? Because if, if the last time you have encountered God is last month or last year, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, to press in and ask God for a fresh encounter because He's waiting for you. Amen? The next verse is from verse 130. It says, the entrance of your words give, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The Amplified Version says this. I'm going to say louder because it's Amplified Version. The unfolding of your words give life. The unfolding gives understanding to the simple. You know, I like the message uh, version as well. You know, break open your words, let the light shine out, and let ordinary people see the meaning. Now, I've tried my best to obey God and keep His commandments. There are times where I felt victorious over temptations, and there are times where I, was, I felt utterly defeated, you know, like I had let God down. It was both frustrating and discouraging to live life like this, like a yo-yo Christian. One moment you're up, next moment you are down. 
you know, and, and I was striving to keep God's commandments with my own strength. And it was so tough to maintain this walk with the Lord. So I cried out to the Lord for a breakthrough. I said, God, you have to give me a breakthrough in this area. I can't live life like a yo-yo Christian. And he directed me to John chapter 15 verse, John chapter 14 verse 15, where he says that if you love me, keep my commandments. Just one verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I, so I read this verse diligently many times every day. And I said to the Lord, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying my best to keep your commandments as proof of my love for you. If you love me, keep my commandments. He said, read again. I read it again, verse, verse 15. I explained it. He said, read again, read, read again, until it hit me that I focus on the wrong thing. The Holy Spirit showed me what John chapter 14, verse 15 really meant. He said, don't focus on keeping the commandments. Focus on loving me. This revelation changed my whole perspective. When you love somebody, you will do all you can to protect that relationship and not hurt the person. In the same way, when you love God more and more each day, obeying and keeping His commandments becomes second nature to you. You want to obey rather than you have to obey and it will not be burdensome. That's when your love for God becomes stronger than the desire to sin. I love how the Passion Translation puts it so beautifully. Loving God empowers you to obey His commandments. The entrance of your words, the unfolding, the breaking open of God's words like this gives light and it gives understanding to the simple, to those who are childlike and to those who are seeking. Amen? So I want to encourage all of us to go on and discover other treasures in this Psalms 119 in the Word of God. Now, my last point is this. Now, if you reverse the number 119, you get 911. Now, this is a three-digit telephone number that was designed to provide a universal, easy-to-remember number for people to reach the police, the fire, the emergency, medical assistance from any phone in any location, especially when you are in the United States of America. In Singapore, we have 995 for emergency, ambulance and fire, and 999 for police emergency. So this is my short little public service announcement contribution to you. 995 for ambulance, 995 for police, right? Sometimes people treat us like 911. They call on you for help, right? And then they ask you this and they ask you that. And you keep attending to them even though you yourself needed rest as well. Or you might be the one that's needing to call 911 for help and yet you feel helpless. Now, I've drawn a very simple diagram of the mount or mountain 119 to illustrate the constant need for us to ascend. You can show the diagram, yeah. It's just a triangle, it's not a real mountain, but try to imagine it's a mountain. We'll add the landscaping later on. It is to remind us the constant need to ascend and anchor ourselves on top of Mount 119 before descending to attend the needs of all the 911 emergencies in your lives, the needs of the people, the families, the challenges before us, the pressures from work, from home, from school, and the demands of life that keep crashing over you wave after wave. You know what will happen to you? Very soon, if you just, if you just go descending without ascending, you'll burn out. 
if you keep attending to all these 911 emergency calls, the help from the people around you, your workplace, without anchoring yourself first in 119. I have this phrase, I, I know it's a bit cheesy, but I'll just give it to you anyway, it's free. If you burn in with 119, you will, if you don't burn in with 119, you'll burn out handling 911. Right? If, if it's good, just, it's okay. <laughs> so make, make 119 your anchor in life so that you don't burn out handling all the 911 cases. Amen. If you keep burning in with God, you won't burn out. For every 911 case that you handle, you have to reinforce it with 119, which is the Word of God. So my question, who is willing to climb the mountain of Psalms 119? All 176 verses of it, or you rather choose to climb some lower mountain? By the way, just two chapters before 119, Psalms 117 is the shortest chapter, the shortest Psalms. It is only two verses. So... Uh, when I was a young Christian, I loved to memorize the, the verse, Jesus wept, because there's only two words in John, right? So as I conclude, Psalms 119 really describes how God's Word brings blessings, wisdom, and understanding to all of us, to all the readers. His Word reveals His heart towards us. We can begin to see from God's perspective how He made life to work so that we can live our lives that, will, that are blessed and full of meaning. God's Word is powerful, living and active. It never changes because He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His words are breathed straight from His heart to each one of us. A love letter for life, not simply an old-fashioned, outdated book with no relevance for today. His Word is sharper than any two-aged sword. Now, if you notice, nothing in Psalms 119 talks about success or being successful. Yet when you live out the Word of God and what the Word of God says, your life, your whole life becomes a success. Harmony in family, peace from all sides. There's no lack in your life. There's abundance in your life. There's divine health, spirit, soul, and body. You learn to honour one another. There's humility in our midst. All these are blessings that God can bless us and God has blessed us. Amen. So this message, I pray you'll bless you. It's an invitation to ascend the mountain of Psalms 119, for precious treasures await those who answer that call. I want to close by reading Psalms 1, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in, in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. Let's close our eyes and look to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Why do we all stand this morning? I, I feel that there are two groups of people that, that needs to respond, and the, the first group is uh, those, for those of you who are new to church, who are, if you're here for the very first time, and you're hearing the Word of God for the very first time in this manner, I want to, and you feel that the Lord has touched you, God has touched you. You can't explain it, but there's a, touch, there's a touch of God that's going right into you. I want to encourage you. That is the touch of God. That's the love of God that's coming to you. If you have not received Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to reach out to Him right now because He's there waiting for you. He's there at, at the door of your heart and just coming, waiting to come into your heart. 
And at the, at the end of the service, to come forward and we want to pray for you. But the second group, for all of us, I feel for all of us Christians, we need a fresh encounter with the Word of God. Not just a fresh encounter with God, but with the Word of God. To read God, God's Word from a fresh perspective. Amen. So let's, let's just begin to respond to the Lord for each one of us, wherever we are. Just make a fresh commitment to honour God's Word in our midst and not to neglect it because if you neglect God's Word, you're neglecting God. And so, Father, we just pray, we come before you this morning and we, are, we humbly ask, Lord, that take us back to that place, Lord, of our first love. Take us back to that place where meeting you becomes the most exciting part of our lives, Lord, that we can't wait to just commune with you. We can't wait. Even when we sleep, we can't sleep because we just can't wait for morning to come so that the first thing in the morning we want to do is to just spend time with you. We have become so professional in what we do. We've become so experienced in what we do. God, we pray to this morning, we put aside all the professionalism. Forgive us for that, Lord. We put away all our experiences, all our walks. Even we ask God for, when it comes to loving you, press a reset button in our hearts, Lord, that we may love you like we have never loved you before, God. We pray that in Cornerstone, Lord, we will not just be known for the good things that we have done, the generous things and the wonderful things, the conferences, but we want to be known as the lovers of God. That people will say, if you want to find a company of people that truly loves God, go to Cornerstone because you will see everyone just loving God so passionately, so unreservedly, and so wholeheartedly. May we be a company of people, Lord, that you would choose to hang out with, to fellowship, and to abide, God. I want to encourage all of us just continue in that place of worship as you make that, that fresh commitment to the Lord and ask the worship team to just sing one chorus as we close. I'll come back to close this time. Thank you. Just listen to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.